This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hello and welcome to Hawkside Guns Podcast. It has been a little bit. We're back now. Uh, I I have been. I know Jake has been shooting. I've been shooting. We've had a little bit re- restrictions uh, left off around here as far as uh, stuff opening up. So I've been shooting my butt off here uh, the last couple of weeks. And I know Jake has shot a little bit as well. Oh, I mean, I, I've had an opportunity to be working at a place that has no need for my actual help babysitting the equipment that I leave with them, so I drive 15 minutes away to the shooting range. Nice. Yeah. And they, and they always look at me going, playing hooky today? <laughs> nope, yes. they don't need me, so I'm here. <laughs> yes, I am. Shut up and give me ammunition. Oh, no, they didn't have any of that. I had to bring my own. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it, which is funny because everybody's like you know oh oh you're willing to shoot and I'm like yeah I'm willing to shoot but I am not touching any of my nine millimeter I shot 380 and 44 Magnum yeah surprisingly enough cheaper to shoot than nine millimeter right now oh my god people are selling it for like a dollar fifty around yeah. and getting it and too. getting it yeah yeah just because they can just yeah. I mean just I mean uh, they they make no bones about it I mean they're just like yeah uh we can ask that. Because where else are you going to find it? And 380 is actually even more expensive, but I'm not as reliant on that as far as personal defense as the 9mm. So, I mean, I have 380, and it was kind of like, oh, we're going to play with those. Plus, I got a new 380 to play with. But we talked about that last cast. I finally got a chance to shoot it. <laughs> How'd it go? You like it? Um, It is accurate as all hell. For those who who don't know where I'm going with this is, as we talked about last time, I bought a Walder PPK-S380. And it is probably, as far as just accuracy goes, probably the most accurate firearm that I have. Um, The only problem is it hurts to shoot. Um, which really caught me by surprise because, you know, the other 380 I have, which is a little six-hour P238, um, which is, for all intents and purposes, a tiny mock-up of a 1911. Sure. And that thing is an absolute dream to shoot. Very, very little. Re- anybody who's recoil sensitive, I highly recommend it. Um, it, it. It's an absolute dream to shoot. So I was thinking that the PPK, which is a larger, heavier gun, would have less recoil and be more comfortable. And I would have been wrong. <laughs> um, I'm still baffled as to the the whys. I've tried to look up different reasons as to why it's got as much recoil as it does. Um, and the only thing I got is it has more recoil than I would than people would expect. But there's really not been any concept of why. So in experimenting, and, I has, and it hasn't shown up yet, what I did is order a uh, – it, it comes with a 20-pound recoil spring, um, and I ordered a 24-pound one. I don't know if that's going to make it screw up ejecting or not. I know it's going to make it harder to rack, but I can handle that part. Um, hopefully it will just make it a little bit more comfortable to shoot because it's accurate enough that I am not getting rid of this damn thing. I have a similar situation, not quite as bad, but a similar situation with the Bursa. 
uh, I am reasonably on pistols recoil adverse, uh, but which is why I went to 380s in the first place. And I've always loved the look of a Walther. And yep. it, it just looks freaking great. I don't know if Bond had anything to do with that or not, but I love the way they look. I love the way they feel. Uh, it fits my hand almost perfectly. Oh, it, just, just as far as holding the firearm, it's a very, very comfortable, it's got a nice weight to it, all of that stuff, until you pull the trigger. It is, even the Bursa, which is a, a, a PPK clone, yeah. is very snappy. It's It's very snappy. My only problem with it, as you, uh, as uh, the same as you, I'm wildly accurate with it. With, in comparison to any other pistol I've ever shot, it's just so damn accurate. And I just can't justify not shooting it. Uh, even though it does have more recoil than I was expecting, and it is snappy, right? It'll pop your wrist back a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, I, I mean, I can hold a pattern. I'll good pattern with it oh, yeah well for me a good pattern with it. my father can put you know uh, an entire clip at at 15 yards in the size of a half dollar i mean it's it's annoying uh, but uh, it, i can't do that but i can hold it all in in the in the you know center and just outside the center so i, I don't know about a six inch and, pattern and i'm about the same norton i will never claim to be a marksman oh no i'm not either imagination not My either. Yeah. Is, is, you know, if if I can hit the silhouette where it would injure a person, I'm I'm actually happy. I try to get a little bit closer to the center and usually do an okay job. But that being said, as long as it hits within that silhouette of somewhere on somewhere's body, I'm actually a happy guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, that center ass, it's gonna stop them. I'm all happy. It's hit internal organs. I'm good. You know. Um, but it's just so accurate and it's easy to shoot and it's quick and I just. I just like it. Uh, I'll probably get a PPK eventually because I just like it that much. But they do have a lot of recoil. They do. They they sure do. Well, I mean, and as I said, it hasn't shown up yet. And I'm hoping, um, not sure that it's a valid hope or not, but we'll find out later. But um, I'm getting the, the, the stronger recoil spring, and I'm hoping that takes some of it out of it makes it a little bit more enjoyable to shoot. I bet it will. Um, I bet it will. Uh, the other thing that I got a chance to try out was my 44 Magnum uh, lever action rifle, and much to once again my surprise, even in a heavy Henry rifle, 44 Magnum hits pretty hard. That's no joke, man. I've got a uh, as I've said, I've got a Marlin lever action in 44 Magnum, and say what you want to. Uh, even though it's a pistol round in a rifle, uh, those those kick pretty good. You know, uh, they'll, it, it, they'll move. It was impressive. And the first part about it is I didn't have it braced as well as I should have the first round, um, being the fact that once again I was wrong. Uh, and <laughs> I even went to the I, I went to the chiropractor for my neck the the, the, the next day because I generally go anyway. But when I told him, he asked me how I was feeling. I told him my shoulder was sore. He grabbed hold of my shoulder and went, dear God, what did you do to this thing? And it was kind of like, 44 Magnum rifle? <laughs> Sit down. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I got. <laughs> uh, but oh, the other part about that is, is I also figured out that I am completely, totally, and utterly incapable of aiming with buckhorn sights. Good, good, 
oh, I, I can't, I couldn't hit shit. I even tried like just find, see if I could find a point of because I started up just obviously just standing there with the um, with the rifle. So I even put it on a sandbag to see whether or not if I braced it, if I could find at least a point of aim to um, you know maneuver around with it. And not even close. <laughs> So the other thing I have on order is a Picatinny rail for the top of that, and I'm just going to put a damn scope on it. He's like, nope, I'm, I'm just giving up. Nope, yep. we're not doing nope, that. Nope, 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 uh-uh, not playing that game. <laughs> I've had trouble with buckhorn as well. Uh, I don't do – that's the, the ones with the, the – they, they make a – they're like two prongs, and they meet in the middle, and you're supposed to put the, uh, yeah, the that, center it, point it, in the it, middle it, of the pin there and – yeah, it basically looks like you've got a little dot on a pin at the end of, on the end of the barrel, and that the um, the rear sight, which isn't even like right in front of your face, is a pair of prongs, like, right? Looks like well, it looks like Bullwinkle's horns. Yeah, yeah, I can't shoot for anything with those things. Um, neither can I. I I've heard they're super good, <laughs> but I just do with regular peep sights. You know, if I'm gonna do it or, or something like that, or um. Or, or a different type of sight. I, I'm much better with a standard sight or, or if you're on a shotgun, a bead sight or something. But, um, yeah, it's not so much with me either. Um, but I do have good news. Oh, you have good news? I have good news. Uh, well, uh, as I mentioned a little while back, uh, I had a sick 1148 uh, Remington shotgun uh, that yes. I had I'd purchased. It was, it was jamming every shot uh so i have found uh i couldn't i i tried cleaning it i tried polishing i tried you know getting real you know like uh uh you know i tried the drop in shotgun shell test to see if it was the barrel was clogged i tried everything none of that stuff worked it was it was jamming in the tube or or in the return bolt um not ejecting one out of two times every every time and I'm like, God, man, you know, I, but I love that gun. I love, it's the only inertia gun I have. I'd really like an eight, uh, 1187, but the 1148 is fine. Uh, but the problem is they're older and everything. So I looked online and everybody's like, okay, there's two main problems with it. It's either the ejector on the bolt. Okay. Or the, not the, the big spring on the, on top of the magazine tube that handles the uh, big recoil, but the uh, the actual spring in the stock that handles the carriage bolt return, right? That pushes everything forward once the round has been expended, right? So the spring, that spring catches the load, right? And then yeah. uh, uh, along with the big spring, the big spring kind of catches it in the, the uh, smaller spring in the stock, sends it back forward, which is actually what ejects the shell as it's coming back forward because the whole barrel and everything slide back. And it's it sounds kind of clunky, but it's a pretty elegant system. And they said that uh, uh, everything I said online said it's one of two things. It's either the carriage bolt with the ejector is a problem, or the spring on, in the stock has been compressed after a number of years and having been slammed back home with this barrel and everything and the weight from it, that it compresses the spring. And I'm okay. like, what are the odds I'm going to get a 60-year-old freaking spring not having some kind of compression. So I jumped on uh, eBay <laughs> and saw if I could find any spring or a carriage bolt for it. I ordered both the return spring and the 
the entire carriage bolt assembly. So the action arms, the bolt, and the ejector, um, those were all in one piece, and then the spring was in one piece for a total of 35 bucks shipped in, in the house. So other than the trigger group, every moving part in the shotgun I ordered. Okay. Uh, for thirty bucks, and I put oh, this. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I, that, I, I was I was about to ask whether or not it would have been easier just to buy the shotgun. Apparently, I was wrong. <laughs> thirty I'm getting, bucks. I'm getting, I'm getting used to this whole "I'm wrong" thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm wrong all the time. It's it's my default position. Uh, but uh, thirty bucks in the house, and I basically I, again, except for the trigger group, replaced all the moving parts in the receiver. Right, the spring, the action bars, the carriage bolt, the rider. The ejection or ejector, all of it, right? All okay. of it. And I put this thing back together, and I'm like, what are the odds? You know, like, seriously. But when you compare the return spring to each other, and I got a great picture of it, it's an inch. The one that came out of the gun originally, the one that I had that I bought with the gun, was an inch and a half shorter than the one that arrived from eBay. That sounds like it's a problem. And I'm like, okay, that that's... That's the biggest sign I've ever seen that this was a spring compression problem, right? It just didn't have enough spring return. Well, and and that's actually the question I was going to have. Is it because the spring wasn't long enough to begin with, or has it been compressed so often that it's just not flexible enough to go back to its original shape anymore? I put a micrometer on the spring loops like the, to measure the distance between the loops. Yeah. And the, dist- the average distance of the the compressed spring was smaller between the loops than the um than the other spring okay because contrary to some popular belief you know those springs do not last forever no they last for a long time they yeah. they really do uh but when you're talking about a this this particular 1148 was made in 1953 so when you're talking about a close to 70 year old gun if it was used quite often that thing's probably had the crap beat out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it did compress, and it was, it seemed to be, and now it may have been something on the ejector or something in the carriage bolt or something like that. The action bars all looked fine. But when I put it all back together and took it out to the ranch, I ran about 25 rounds through it, didn't miss a beat. Not a beat. Oh, and, there you go. And I'm like, well, that's fixed, you know, because before it was reliably Fire one kind of had a little bit of a wiggle or an issue and kind of maybe had to grab the shell and pop it out. And then, you know, the second one wouldn't even come out of the hole. You know, like you'd have to get a stick, jam it down the barrel and pop it loose. Um, it consistently like that. Uh, this one fired 25 box or t- fired a box of 25 in rapid succession as fast as I could load the gun and fire them. Zero issue. Same shells, you know, same brand, same, same stuff. I think they were... Uh, 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 Browning Sporting Clay seven and a halfs. You know, they're thirteen hundred feet per second. Um, just like like poop through a goose. You know, just <laughs> gone. Uh, so I'm going to consider that gun fixed and move on to restoring it. Uh, which 1148s are absolutely beautiful. So uh, I'm going to do some a little bit of carving on the wood, uh, fix the receiver, polish up the bolt, and it's going to look beautiful. Uh, uh, at least you like old Remingtons. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the news, but it doesn't look like there might be any new Remingtons coming out for a little while. Yeah, I have seen that. And... Be- be- because not only are they in bankruptcy, but they uh, the whole sickness has stopped them from even being able to sell it off to anybody. Yeah, yeah. 
So, and the last time I looked, like a, I think one of the uh, Native American tribes had bought or tried to buy. Uh, I don't know if they bought them or bid, but uh, they, they, that was looking like who they were going to be sold to or whatever. And I, I knew there was a problem, but I didn't know. I haven't been following like what's up with them, but. Yeah, as as of two days ago, all the their ability to even sell has been put on hold. Man, and I love Remington. You know, I really do. They make some fine well, firearms. Well, I mean, somebody somewhere along the line is, if nothing else, is going to be buying the Remington name and the 870 and the 700 designs. Oh yeah, they'll um, buy the if, like the 1187 and the 1100 it, 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 yeah. and the you know the 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 870 because it's such a prolific gun. Yes, you can't. If, you're gonna make money with it. But there have been that you won't probably won't see any more Remington handguns anymore for a good long time. No, no, probably not. And honestly, they didn't go so great anyway. I mean, look at well, I, actually, it, there are some theories that's pretty much what drove them into bankruptcy is how badly their pistols went. Yeah, I mean, it's I I was not impressed. I mean, they do a fine shotgun and a oh, fine absolutely. rifle. Absolutely, um, but they're pistol their pistol game way left something to be desired uh well it, it, i mean even then it's it's funny if you if you look at mossberg what they did for their pistol game was go out and copy a glock not a bad problem or not a bad solution to be no, honest if you've got to copy it's, somebody and it's worked very well for them but you know, it, I, yeah it, they 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 tried to go toe-to-toe with smith and even smith had some problems before they came out with their easy line you know and he's yeah. and they copied walther you know, yep. uh, they went, you know, that uh, that easy spring they're doing, that's that easy slice. Let's uh, let's look into that, guys. You know, fellas, those are selling by the cases. You know, let's. Uh, and, and, and as much as I don't like them, the EZs are selling. Well, if you can find one at the moment, um, but it have been have been selling beautifully for people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like them. You know, for I, some reason, I, I always find it necessary to make sure that everybody knows I don't like the Smith and Wesson EZ. But that being said, as much as I don't like them, they have they are wonderful firearms and have been treating a lot of people very well. Honestly, I I have to agree with that. Believe it or not, uh, I think it's a fine gun. It's a fine gun. But if you put a Walther with the same kind of either a, a CC or a, what is it a CCQ or a, a CCP. Uh, um, yep. Either one. I really prefer the Walther, to be honest, uh, over the Smith. It, well, they're, they're, the Walthers are, and they're designed to be, are extremely ergonomic. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like even even Shannon's guns, and, and Shannon is a firm and staunch Walther supporter. She loves them. They, they do great for her. They're her service weapon, um, have been for 15 years. And I really can't argue with it. I mean, I my uh, Buona bought a a easy. He bought a uh, 22 and a nine millimeter, mm-hmm. and he sold both. Uh, he just he just didn't like them, and it wasn't the. And it, he kept saying, sort of like you, look, it's a great gun. A lot of people love them. I'm not saying it's a bad gun. I just didn't like it. Yes. And, he can't quite put his finger on it. He's just like, I just, I don't know. I didn't like it. You know, it's it's I, not that it, it was bad, but. Well, I, it, it seems to be almost like a Franken pistol to me. It's, 
It's got the capacity of a concealed carry firearm, of an old concealed carry firearm, but it's as almost as big as a duty firearm, and it's only still single stacked. And it's kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, 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 well, so what it comes to me is, is you know, when it comes to my handguns, when it comes to long guns, I buy a little bit more for fun. Handguns, I start looking at is what am I going to do with this? What is sure. this for? And it doesn't fall into anything as a what is it for for me. You know, I look at what they call a compact firearm, which is the ones that hold about 15 rounds, and I think, okay, this is an outside-the-waistband carry. Um, it, it's, you know, one for in the house and stuff like that. It maybe goes in my backpack, it, but it's not going to be the one that, as much as I know some people, and I can do it if I have to, it's just uncomfortable, can put them in the waistband and conceal them, I have better firearms for that. You know, I've got the the smaller concealed carry SIGs that hold, you know, somewhere between 10 and 12 rounds, and they fit nicely inside the waistband, uh, and then they go in the safe when I come home. Uh, everything kind of seems to have its place. Sure. I can't find a place for that one in my head. And it's tough, yeah, because you, you don't carry one for duty. You know, you don't have a duty belt. It's not a no. It's not a service weapon. You know, and, it's and, a defense and, and gun. E and even then, if I was going to be carrying a duty firearm, it would have larger capacity than... Yeah, it'd be a SIG, you know? <laughs> it'd be a SIG with a double uh, stack, you know? Exactly. So, once again, doesn't fall into a place for me. I could see that. I could see that. Um, I've... As, as much as I make fun of it, uh, Shannon's PK-380, mm -hmm. I steal it half the time if I'm if I'm going somewhere where I'm not sure about it or something like that because it's the one I use for concealed carry and I'm just like God. you know I've made fun of her for several years now uh because of that gun and I'm like hey are you using the oh for f yeah just go ahead and take it you know uh she goes but I don't want to hear any crap about it anymore I'm like yep <laughs> yep no hey, that's fine be happy she didn't get the pink one Oh, man, no, she, my wife in particular would not do a pink firearm. She might do purple or blue, but she wouldn't do pink. Still. Still, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, you, you get enough crap for carrying the gold-plated uh, uh, 382 oh, the ranch. You know? I, have, it, I, it, I wore it, that on my hip today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it, it, if, you, if you had taken the, uh, the the PK-380 in purple, I don't I don't know if you'd live that one down. No, probably not. I do. Uh, they call my uh, uh, my bursa Mr. Bling. Oh God. <laughs> uh, not me, the you bursa. Know, you know, you know, it, its styling is very similar to a uh, a, a rapper's uh, it is. Escalade. Oh, it totally is. It looks, yeah, it looks like a rapper's Escalade. It it <laughs> that is a perfect description of it. Like spinning rims, they spinning, they spinning. Uh, old, yeah, old, old trim. <laughs> it looks like it's it's like that or a Limp Biscuit video. You know, like like Come one on. of either it'd be at home at either one of those two things. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I mean, it's like one of those. Uh, but I, I, I like it. it. Like I've said, I can hit things with it, you know? Well, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we all know that's what actually matters. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what I didn't hit crap with today. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. So recently, and I do, uh, as you know, I restore and refurbish and fix uh, a lot of firearms. It's a hobby of mine and I use it to pay for my addiction. 
and uh, which is going out and busting clays. Well, this afternoon or this morning, actually, we took a couple of my friends. They're all Shannon's or actually a couple of Shannon's friends that are also my friends uh, who are in law enforcement and security. And uh, one of my friends and we all went out and busted clays. And we went through probably about 375 rounds of uh, of shotgun ammo, which if you're shooting clays is a lot. Uh, yes, that's that's a lot of uh, now in like nine millimeter. That's not a lot at all. But in Ooh. shotguns, it's a ton. Right. It took several hours to get through that many shells. But one of the things I got a hold of the other day in trade uh, for a guy who wanted me to fix his Winchester 12 uh, 16 gauge, which is beautiful. Uh, he traded me a Browning A5 automatic 12 gauge. From I looked up the serial, 1927. Damn. And I went, or 1926. It's 26 or 27. I can't remember. It's almost a century gun, right? It's all, like six years. I'll be able to take that mother st- across state lines without paperwork because it's over a hundred years old, right? That's how old this gun was. He said, uh, you know, it used to be my dad's. I freaking hate this thing. Uh, I haven't shot it in. 30 years. I don't think anyone's shot it. He goes, in fact, I can guarantee nobody shot it in 30 years. It's been in a case in the back of my dad's closet. He passed away a couple of years ago. I freaking hate this thing. I will trade you the Browning A5 for refurbishing my father and I's beloved Winchester 12. Said, yep, no problem. Do it all the time. You know, uh, deal. Yeah, deal. Done. You know, a Browning for some work, no problem. So I called my dad, and he's he's the big Browning. You know, Buona is huge on Browning. He loves Browning. Now, he has the same affliction I do, or maybe I, I have the same affliction he does, where we are too cheap to shoot Browning normally because they are expensive. And I don't know if you've looked up how much an A5 goes for a, a, a decent A5. I, I have not. I just see the word Browning and assume it's outside my actual price range. Yeah, that's probably a, a, a good... Um, description normally uh but the the browning a5 has been around since about 1903 i mean it's almost unchanged right they've they've done some some upgrades here and there but uh and of course they quit making there they quit making them a long time ago but uh they they're around they made probably close to a million of them that's literally i'm not that's not a a a figure of speech or something like that there's a ton of them and in good nick they can go for, especially if they're they're one of the better ones. They can go for somewhere around in today's market thirteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars, right? As I said, above my pay range. Right, mine's much more in the about three fifty, four hundred range. Uh, it's got all kinds of problems. Right? It's got yeah, yeah. The, the PPK is the most I spent on a firearm in a really long time, and the only thing it actually ended up costing me was time, just because I was I had racked up that much store credit. Under exactly. Any other, under any other circumstance, I never would have bought the thing. Right. I would have never bought this Browning ever because they if I'd have been if it had been in a store, they probably would have charged me six hundred just because it has the word Browning and it's one of the original Fabrique Nationale versions that were built in Belgium. It's one of the first 25 or uh, a 250,000 production run, right? And it's right in the middle. It's got a, a, a serial number of about 90,000. So it's right in the middle of that. And I'm like, 
Oh crap! I sent some pictures to Buana, and he's like, "Yep, that's a keeper. That's 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 live. That's that's one of them." I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "That's not the desirable one, but it's pre-war, right? Anytime you get something pre-war, there's a different type of value with it, right? Whether it's pistol, shotgun, rifle, pre-war, and I'm talking about World War II, pre-war." Yep is it will raise the value. So I don't know if I'm actually going to fix it up because it might be worth something more to somebody with its actual condition the way it is. But but, I, but I'm sensing that there was a problem with aim. Oh, my God. Uh, maybe not so much aim. aim. The problem with aim came as a secondary thing. Uh, so... I'm like, oh, well, I have to know if this thing's going to explode. I, I need to know if it if it runs. <laughs> I need to know if this thing works because, uh, you know, I'm not going to, to sell or potentially put up on market something I don't feel safe, you know, with somebody shooting, right? I, I just won't do that. I need to know if this explodes. Hey, Bob, come here. <laughs> Steve, come on over, man. No, uh, so I took it out with us shooting, and I told everybody, hey, look, leave the one in the brown bag alone. I, I, it's old, and I, I haven't shot it. They're like, ah, test subject, got it. Yeah, we ain't touching that. So around mid-afternoon, I pull this thing out of the bag, and they're like, holy crap, is that an old A5? I'm like, yes, it is. And everybody's like, well, good luck with good that, because I, I, I've never shot an A5 before. And and they're like, you know, that's not a gas gun. I'm like, it's it's. I'm like, I've got an inertia gun. I've got an 11.48. They're like, <laughs> right. And a couple of things. One, the A5 was designed in early 1900s. It's one of the first shotguns that John Browning actually designed. Two trench gun. Yeah. Two. He was not exactly concerned about a lot of things other than making it reliable. Three, it does not have a pad on it. It's got a metal plate on the back with browning and some some filigree on the back of it. it did you need a trip to the chiropractor, too? Oh, my God, dude. I have a bruise the size of a softball on my freaking <laughs> shoulder. I let loose. And, of course, I was shooting high brass seven and a halfs because I wanted distance. We were we were throwing trap, I mean, and, and long-distance skeet. So, I mean, it was out there. And we had full chokes on all the guns, and this is a full choke gun, so I was like, oh, this will be perfect. So I line up a shot, and I throw some stuff in there, and of course this gun's not been fired. And I cleaned it, you know, just, actually, that's not true. I threw some oil in it, and wiped it down a little bit. <laughs> and the first boom out of this thing, and it felt like somebody punched me in the shoulder, like took a knuckle and like frogged me in the shoulder. It felt like that. And, I'm, and I tried not to react right like i tried not to say anything and that almost makes it worse oh yeah and i hear snickering they're like yeah have a couple more rounds with it sean i'm like yeah 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 they're like oh shoot's good you know <laughs> after after about five rounds i'm like anybody else want to shoot i look back and they're all just doubled over laughing because they're like you girly man <laughs> And I I had given my my vest to somebody else because they were not shooting. So I'm doing this bare shouldered, and I, I I'm just like, oh god! They're like, dude, that that thing's a beast. Yeah, like A5s are notorious 
for because I've never shot one. I've always heard they're desirable and everybody loves the humpback and you know it's it's all this cool stuff and it's an older one and like all the desirable stuff and they're like dude, they're great to look at and they're cool to run and they'll run forever and and you won't ever have a problem with it mechanically. But you don't want to shoot that, <laughs> you know, because I thought stupidly it would be like the Silver Hunter. Now the Silver Hunter literally has about 80 years of technology on this thing. It's a gas gun. It's It's got a pad on it. It's got um, a recoil reducing technology. It's got lighter materials. It's just better all the way around. Like, you, you don't really realize how far shotguns have come until you've shot something that was done around the same time as Prohibition. <laughs> It's not even a joke, you know. If they were if they were hunting Bonnie and Clyde with it, it's probably going to be a oh little bit God. on the rough side. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> and I'd always like I'd always had this mystique about them, you know, like like it's you always see the A5s on the table and it's like I just don't have that much money. And it's got the kind of rounded pistol grip style on it with the the field stock on the back. I mean, it's uh-huh. just this elegantly beautiful gun. You know John Browning personally designed and built these things. You know, it came from a factory in Belgium with the highest standards of of quality and it's still functioning 100. Years. But and, and then you shoot it and you're like, I hate this. <laughs> I hate this, and I'm going to get rid of it. (laughs) First available opportunity. So for all you, both you listeners, uh, if you want an A5, it's a great gun. It's a great great gun. (laughs) Well, I I managed to fix a problem with my shooting that I've had in a while, and it came with something that I had been poo-pooing for a while. Um. We have these things at the at the store called eye targets. Have you ever heard of these before? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, it's basically a little thing that you, it comes with a um, a laser round that you put in the actual uh, firearm itself. Uh, not it it has to be the right caliber, otherwise it just falls out, obviously. Uh, and oh, is this the it, bullet laser thing? But not yeah, and it, you basically shoot at the target, but your phone is. Uh, videoing the target and looking at where the laser hits. Oh no, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen one in action. I, I'm, okay. Yeah. I've I always looked at that and went, oh, yeah, whatever. Um, and it highlight. We were playing with them at the store one day. We had a really slow day at the store. We have no concept <laughs> as to why. So it's kind of like, what do we do? We break out an eye target and start playing with it. Of course. And and it actually helped me do something that I knew was a problem but hadn't really known how to fix until I started doing this without anything with any recoil, and it was was the fact that I was anticipating recoil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. And just playing with this, I corrected that problem. Way to go, man. And it was kind of like, well, the thing with it is is with most things is I managed to correct it by something I was telling everyone else in the world that they didn't need, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is the way most of those things go. Everybody keeps telling me, you know, that, that hey, get one. It'll help you with your aim. It'll help you with your shooting technique. It'll, it'll help you with your draw. It'll, and I'm going, eh, whatever. Eh, nah, 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 I don't want to spend, eh, eh, you're just being, well, me. Um, until we started playing with it, and it was kind of like, wow, I mean, I'm, I'm really anticipating recoil that's not there. Well, shit, this is apparently a problem. <laughs> Let's fix it. Let's not do those things. 
so there are many brands out there. The one that I was playing with was iTarget. But if you see one of those and you're having issues working out your aim, it's just you've got a little bit of a problem with uh, something of that nature. Uh, just having an opportunity to continue to pull the trigger at something like that will help you correct it. I didn't think it would. Once again, I was wrong. <laughs> See, I told you I'm getting used to this whole wrong thing. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, I, I've tended to, uh, tended to, especially with pistols. I don't, I don't think I do it as much with a shotgun, or maybe I do, but of course you got a shoulder and another hand on a shotgun, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I've noticed that over the last year, I've kind of picked up a bad habit of yanking the trigger instead of squeezing it. Yeah. And it pulls everything to the freaking right. Yeah. See, I've been anticipating recoil and getting almost kind of tensing up too much when I go to squeeze the trigger, which actually tends to pull things off to the left. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm like, why am I doing this? And Bon is just, you're yanking the trigger. I'm like, no, I'm not. Son, I'm watching you. Yes, you are. Lighten up and it'll be it'll it'll go right back to center, I promise. I'm like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. He goes, I tell you what. Take this and he handed me his Glock. And he's like, just press the trigger. Just put the pad of your finger and just press it. Don't yank it. Don't just press it. And he's got a, a trigger mod on his where it's super light. I think it's like three yeah. and a half pounds. And it's like bang, 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 bang. And I'm just, and, and of course, they're all dead center. Now, some are high, some are low, but they're all roughly in the center. There's no, none to the right, none to the left. And I'm like, damn it. It is me. You know? <laughs> Stupid uh, old man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was actually one of the reasons why I went. I started it with the. I hate the um, the Walther, the the PPK. But when I actually looked up at the actual target, it was like, man, this damn. thing's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of have the same issue with the Bursa. It's like, God, it's really snappy and it and it kicks kind of hard for what it is. But and then you look at the grouping and you're like, but man, I'm never getting rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and the funny thing is, is that as as that is one of these days. You know, actually, I take that back. You're probably already experiencing it with the um, the the PK380 versus the Bursa, which is you just find one of those that just sm- shoots so smoothly it just emphasizes how uncomfortable the other one is. Yeah, it really does because the PK380 is about as well behaved as I think as a pistol is capable of being, and it's just so annoying because you're like, yeah, damn it. The- <laughs> The P the P two thirty eight is the same way. It's just it, it, you're just going. This is so. I mean, I could shoot this thing all day. You know. It, <laughs> it, yeah. 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 I uh, I do have uh, one more uh, story from today. I did uh, I did a lot of skeet shooting as or a lot of clay shooting, uh, as you might imagine. There were a couple of us shooting, and I brought three guns, and uh, my eight seventy with its new stocks on it, which are beautiful uh every time i take it out of the case i get offers to buy it and it's just so funny because i'm like look it's just the stocks i'm like it's a standard wingmaster from 1950 something um it's old but it looks really great and the the new stocks on it look great but uh i have two automatic guns that are my favorites right now uh one is of course the browning silver hunter which is a lovely gun it is a beautiful gun the other one's the Weatherby. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, man, uh, 
I keep going back to that damn Weatherby every time. Like if I had, there's both laying open on the soft cases in the back of a pickup truck, and every time I don't even think about it till halfway through. Uh, a friend of ours was with us, and he goes, "Man, you really like that Weatherby?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I've been shooting the brownie." He goes, "Dude, you haven't touched the brownie." <laughs> I'm like, "Really?" You know, I look around everybody. I'm like, "Is that?" They're like, "Dude, you you shot that the entire time." I'm like. Damn it! You know, like, I really thought the Browning would be like the jewel in the crown. I like shooting the Weatherby better, and I don't, I don't understand why. I, I really don't. Uh, it's the same way why I actually am enjoying shooting a little 238-1911 clone versus the Walther PPK. I thought was going to be like the oh, this is going to be fun. It, it's all just a matter of what ends up being comfortable. Yeah. I, I just, uh, the Weatherby is just so much fun and so much better, and I just like it. Um, it's just so much more See, comfortable. I, I only have one problem with the Weatherby, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the firearm itself. Absolutely nothing to do with the firearm itself. It's the name. <laughs> I Every time I hear Weatherby, I think of some, uh, you know, aristocratic uh, British person's assistant. <laughs> Smithers, <laughs> Weatherby, get me a cup of coffee. Weatherby, Weatherby, where's my shoes? You know, like yeah, yeah, it, it does sound a little bit like, but it's just. But, but uh, no, I mean, d- d- don't get me wrong; they make wonderful firearms. It's just, uh, you know, I'd have to call it something else. I couldn't go. Can't be the Weatherby. <laughs> you know, you feel you do feel like you need a tweed cap. Uh, <laughs> When shooting it, you know, and some hunting dogs, <laughs> and, and a, a kilt or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's you know, and it's it's worse too because I've got the SA08 Deluxe, so it's got polished walnut stocks on it. It's a beautiful gun, uh, and it's just it feels it's not, but it feels English and proper, you know. And uh, nobody, it, it, uh, what's, and it's it's if you ever have to carve the stock, you need to actually carve it like a scotch bottle. <laughs> you know, get a couple, get the, get a couple claymores on there, and, you know, <laughs> stag's head, something. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you'd have to, you know. And I asked everybody else because everybody else was shooting the Browning in the in the eight seventy, uh, the Wingmaster, and I'm like, why isn't anybody shooting that? They're like, it looks expensive, man. I ain't screwing that thing up. <laughs> like it's the exact same price as the browning it's the they're both about 900 bucks you know in today's market they're both 900 bucks and and i didn't pay that for them of course but you know that um and and they're like yeah but that that looks nice and i don't, I don't want to scratch that i don't want to screw that i'm like we're in the middle of the woods I, I wouldn't bring one out if i didn't if i was worried about it you know i don't have guns i won't shoot you know, it's still even after that even after that whole thing nobody touch it they're like no nah, no nah, it's too nice <laughs> it's so weird you know i and i can't explain it but it's just it's the nicest smoothest automatic i own Everybody's waiting to hear you dropped the weatherby <laughs> dare you sir i said good day (laughs) (laughs) spit spot off with you (laughs) 
yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't explain. And it's not, and it's not an English gun. It's a freaking American firearm company. Oh, oh, I, I, it, no, but it's just, I, it, it's just the name. I didn't, I didn't say it made sense. I just said that it bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help that it's like written in English font on the side of the gun in like an inch and a half lettering. You know. They, they named it Weatherby. You know, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> You know, and it, what's funny is if it had been anything other than the deluxe, right? Anything other than the top end one, it would have been fine. If it had a synthetic stock, if it had been a different color or a different, you know, finish or something like that, I think it would look a lot more lower rent than it is. But it, the deluxe just looks the part, and you're just like, "This is a nice gun," even though even though it's the same as the brownie, you're like, "This is a nice gun." We it's go out and shoot some pheasants. <laughs> Cheerio. You know, uh, it's like, yeah, you're you're expecting like horses and hounds and fox hunting to come over the rise or something like that every time you touch. It. Or like I said, you have a, an unholy need for tweed uh, every time you, you unzip it out of the case. Well, tweed and some scotch, you know, <laughs> not the fancy stuff either. Single malt. Uh <laughs> Oh, if nothing else, maybe some tea. Yeah. Y'all, to, to the queen every time you shoot. <laughs> but uh, they are a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I smell like bug spray in the outdoors right now. I came directly from the ranch uh, to do these podcasts. Uh, so it's it's been a lot of fun. The weather's getting a lot better, and I'm, I'm hoping to uh, to have a lot more shooting under my belt by the time the winter rolls around. And uh, I hope you guys do too. Uh, I hope it's it's loosening up wherever where everybody is. I it, it's uh, starting to get a little bit nicer up here. I mean, uh, it's eighty degrees outside here, and we're thinking it feels hot. So, um, <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, so I'm sitting. I'm probably sitting here thinking, winter time in Dallas. Why would you not go shooting? Oh, it gets below forty degrees, man. That's cold. Yeah, and and I'm still thinking 40 degrees. That's sh- shorts and a hoodie. But, I mean, <laughs> there we're bundled up here. No, 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 no. Hot here is over 95. That's yeah. No, see, that's that's unbearable. That's hot. Uh, no, the no, no, the no. height of summer it's about 105, 110. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't you don't do yard work here if it's over 90 degrees. <laughs> it started uh, it started here this morning. The coolest temperature was about 68. And it warmed up to 88, which is a yeah, no, 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 you know no, a no, decent no. fall day here. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like no, no, it's still no. too hot. No. <laughs> call, call me, call me when it's 60 degrees at the height of the day, and that's when I'll come hang out. That'll be in a couple of weeks, actually, probably. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Ser- ser- seriously though, if if you're telling me it's 40 degrees outside, I will be out there with a sw- with a sweatshirt on and a pair of shorts. Uh, hanging out in the in the field shooting guns all day long and having a blast doing it and being comfy as all hell. I will call you in November, sir. We'll have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> you come down here to be 60 degrees all day. It's fine. It's like yep. it goes from 60 to 50. That is like the lowest, and then that's that's about it. It's great. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. When it hits about 60 to five, five, if I'm putting a sweatshirt on, my wife's looking at me going, you're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's going to be warm for you. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is why when I start thinking about those Midwest areas to go to, you know, when to where, you know, guns and government are a little bit easier going. 
Um, I, I start thinking Montana, not Texas. Yeah, that's not really Midwest, homie. That's that's like West West. <laughs> you know what I mean. I would have liked to have seen Montana. Uh... <laughs> I should have a fat, round American woman raise rabbits, and she will cook them for me. <laughs> Still one of the and greatest for... movies. And for those who are baffled, we're talking Hunt for Red October. Oh, and if y'all don't know what that, if anyone listening to this cast didn't know that that's Hunt for Red October, go educate yourself. I'm telling you, you have a good time. It'll be great. You're, you're in for a treat. It's it's some things in here don't react too well to bullets. You know, I mean, yes, it's... it's yes, yes, back when you can throw someone on TV on a, in a movie with a Scottish accent and tell them that... They'll He's Russian. It Russian. <laughs> it's so great. The biggest Scottish brogue you've ever heard, and he's Russian. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't he Scottish? Isn't, Isn't that a Scottish accent? That's, a, that's a, like a full Highlands brogue, man. Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, crap. You got anything else, sir? I do not. Right on. Y'all have a great week. We will see you next time. Have some safe shooting and buy a gun. You'll have a good time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.